All right, guys. So news broke to me in the early hours of Monday morning that Kobe Bryant, his 13-year-old daughter Gianna, eight others were involved in a helicopter crash which took their lives, which is just absolutely devastating news. But I wanted to record this up for you guys real quick just before we kick into the pod because Kobe's attitude towards the game was unbelievable and he was the ultimate teammate who understood that trust was earned and not asked for. I have a little clip now for you guys of him just touching on it after knocking down one of his many game winners throughout his 20-year career. This is the game that I've been dreaming about. I actually dreamed about hitting the game-winning shot. I think for myself personally, it just, uh, just gives me more confidence. But I think more importantly, it gives my teammates the confidence in me. And contrary to the main portal guides, Kobe assisted everyone who was lucky enough to be involved with the Kobe Bryant experience as he inspired others and in itself is a characteristic which is required to achieve greatness. My sense of purpose was there ever since I was a kid. I knew exactly, I, I felt like I knew what God put me on this earth to do. Just play the game of basketball. I just love it so much. And I don't want to touch on this much longer as it's a very sad and upsetting time for the Bryants and those of the families who were involved in the helicopter crash. I hope everyone receives the love they require, but know and remember that Kobe lives on within everyone that witnessed his greatness. Can't have any empty trips now. You've got to score. Ryan with Howard rolling to the basket. And so block is an issue. He's going to have to shoot it with three, with two. In trouble. Four stop. And shot is to make. Wow! That's a double head fake from behind the three-point line with a man draped on you. Amazing stuff again for Kobe. Hello, Wildcats. All right, cool, cats. So cracking on with the podcast now and the ball don't stop. And what we're going to kick into firstly is our must-see highlight of the round. And in this week's must-see highlight of the round, we have three honorable mentions, one of them being a Wildcat, and then we have one winner taking the cake this week. So our first honorable mention goes to Miles Plumley, who finished a massive alley-oop from the Tariko White assist against New Zealand, which was one of his many highlight plays from his big day. And Miles had a huge day, 23 points, 18 boards, this was just one of the one of the little highlights that came with it. So that's our first honourable mention. Our second honourable mention goes to Nathan Sobey, or as Bo S kindly puts it in his top 10, Sobey won Kenobi uses his force to divorce himself from the Adelaide defenders to throw down a huge slam. So he crosses right to left and completely loses T to attack the rim. So Brisbane's Sobey won Kenobi's getting our second honourable mention. And our third honourable mention was actually the number one play of the week in the top 10 this week. Didn't quite get there for us here at the Cool Cats Corner, but it was Daniel Johnson. DJ takes the ball from the arc. He pump fakes to the left to open up the lane against Big Will Magne. And then he has the nerve to not only send it home, but completely throw it down on the premier shot blocker extraordinaire of the league, Will Magne. So massive props up to DJ there, but wasn't enough to take it all with our winner, and now a two-time Cool Cats Corner must-see highlight of the round award winner is that man, Big Will Magne. And he had himself an absolute weekend with the Bullets taking two huge wins at home in their hunt for the NBL playoffs. So they currently sit in fourth spot and they're killing it. Look, I did mention a couple weeks back in a pod saying that they are the ones to watch as they sat about sixth or seventh in the NBL. Anyway... Big Will wins his second Cool Cats Corner must-see highlight of the week award as he meets Australian boomer Mitch Creek not once, but twice at the rim to reject the Southeast Melbourne captain and show the league why he's referred to as the young lord of the lane. So congratulations once again, Big Will Magne, on his selections in the boomer squad. That's much deserved. And congratulations again on your second Cool Cats Corner must-see highlight of the round. So with that, guys... 
Let's crack into this. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware that's a very respected organization. You guys have a lot of winning history, so I'm happy to be a part of this club and try to keep that tradition going. I was happy today that uh, we played at that level. We just kept on playing relentless basketball, which is Wildcats. So Nothing but net crew. So this week we got our review from the Perth Wildcats and New Zealand Breakers game. And it was a big one point win over the Breakers at home to ensure we edge closer and closer to the top spot in this NBL ladder. So we're keeping the pressure on Will Weaver's Kings, as well as arguably ending New Zealand's season in this game with the one point win. I called it the game before. The jungle is where team seasons come to die and it held true to word again. What I did find absurd though, is that New Zealand had a chance to win this game, keep their season alive, and yet they didn't even get a shot off before the clock expired on the game. Like seasons on the line and you don't get your shot off. If I was New Zealand, I'd be absolutely pissed at that offensive set because that wasn't good enough. But I ain't complaining at all because we walked away with a W and a, and a much needed one as well to keep us pushing to that top spot. Moving on from this, let's review our three keys to the game, which we previewed for this game in our last pod. So those three keys to this game, which I gave you, were smother Scotty Hobson, let's win the first quarter, and get inside the paint. So firstly, Scotty started hot, but we quickly started pressing up on him and ensuring we got the ball out of his hands. Scotty ended this game with only 13 points and turned the ball over a huge six times. Those 13 points were his worst performance scoring-wise since returning to NBL 20, and those six turnovers definitely helped Perth with that one-point win. So a big tick there, guys. Secondly, we needed to win the first quarter and we were successful in doing so, winning the first quarter 29 points to 23. This makes Perth the first team in five games to achieve this feat against New Zealand of winning the first quarter. This effort early on, setting the tone for the game and really putting the press on New Zealand, which meant that they couldn't really get comfortable or into their game flow. So that's the second tick in the box. And then finally, the objective was get the ball inside. So the Wildcats won this stat 50 to 34. So that was 50 of the Wildcats' 80 points being scored inside the paint. Now, the Wildcats don't usually do this and score a lot of their points from outside the arc, shooting a high percentage of three-pointers. But obviously, in this game, Trevor listened to the Cool Cats corner, as I assume he does every week, and he changed things up. So as far as I'm concerned, that's three from three for myself for keys of the game, and I'm expecting a Wildcats coaching contract in the mail this week. So three from three, and that's coming off me calling Southeast Melbourne's lowest scoring season total for NBL 20 last week as well. So look, to pump up the old shoes, to get the Reebok pumps pumping, got to give myself some props there. But things are looking up for you guys in the Cool Cats corner, so buy stock now. But back to the game, and the other obvious observation was from Miles Plumley, And he was everywhere, you could not see him. He was catching oops, hitting big screens, crashing boards, and blocking shots, which is something this team really, really, really needed. There was a play where last week's Cool Cats feature player, Scotty Hobson, sees he has the lane, drives towards the basket, and Miles Plumley reads him there for a huge stuff. And that really helping secure the game late. And it's just awesome stuff to see players like Miles in our league throwing players like Scotty Hobson shots to the floor because that guy thinks he can rule this league and evidently not when we got a big shot blocking center like Miles in there. But yes, it was Miles' big day at the office as he had a game high 23 points and a monstrous 18 rebounds. We haven't seen that type of production on the boards yet this season from a Wildcat. So that was great signs for the playoffs. I want to quickly say that offensively we can't become overly reliant on going inside to Miles, as we do like to stretch the court with our perimeter shooting, and it's been an effective way to win this season for us. However, it is never bad to show teams that you're capable of doing other things, for example going inside, because that requires them to game plan for that option. Once you have them guessing your moves, you're able to create misdirection and counter their sets. 
However, as I previously stated, I'm much more of a fan of Miles' defense as that is a real problem for other teams and inside the paint because it alters shots, it stops their slashes through the lane and ensures they think twice about entering the paint against the Cats. But it was a big, big win at the jungle. We didn't cover the seven and a half point spread that sports bet set out, but we did have a lot of fun getting the W in this one. Bryce's mum, Bonnie, was there to watch her second game live of her son Bryce playing in a Cats uniform, which was awesome. And we moved to 16 and 8 after this win which rolls our current win streak onto three and keeps us rolling towards the playoffs. So let's go get them, Cats. But that's enough for the reviews. And what we're going to do now is a favorite segment of mine. And that's our Cool Cats Corner Feature Player of the Week coming up right now. All right, Cool Cats. So our Cool Cats Player Profiler of the Week this week is... Lamar Patterson. And Lamar Patterson is our Cool Cats Player of the Week this week because he is a really good chance for the NBL 21st team at the end of this season. He didn't quite make my midpoint NBL 21st team, but he definitely was that sixth player, seventh player waiting to get in. And that's because Brisbane didn't have many wins at that point. But the 6'5 swingman clocks in at 102 kilos, which helps him dominate low in the post. And his beautiful shooting technique allows him to knock down threes and mid-ranges with ease. His size makes him one of the most versatile players in the NBL. And I've already mentioned that pretty stroke. So undoubtedly one of the most complete players the NBL has seen this season. And season past. So last year, Lamar was named into the All-NBA 19 first team as he averaged 17.8 points, 6.3 rebounds, 3.8 assists, and 1.3 steals in his 24 games, which is just an awesome effort and well-deserved in my opinion. But this year he's arguably doing better. So he's averaging 20.5 points per game, so that's up from 17.8, on a very efficient 47% shooting by the way. He's still averaging around six rebounds per game and almost five assists per game, which has been a huge, huge increase in his production. So that's over an increase of one assist per game, which is helping his distribution to his teammates. And as well as that, he's adding one steal per game. So getting it done on the defensive end steal. Lamar's pump fake from the three-point arc leads to heartbreak for the defense as they are generally left stranded at the three-point line as LP is rolling to the ring for an easy finish. He's leading these bullets to the finals, and we just may see him there. So be careful, Cool Cats, because this player profile I can ball out. But as is customary with all feature players on the pod, Lamar Patterson also receives an award. He receives the Cool Cats Corner LP or Long Play Award for those familiar with music. A Long Play or LP generally refers to putting together an album or a collective piece of music in an album format. But LP receives this award because you can put Lamar on, you can kick back, and you can relax. He plays smoother on the court than Cats playing jazz instruments. Patterson receives the Cool Cats Corner LP award as Lamar puts together a full body of work every game and he needs to be appreciated as such. A dude who understands the ebbs and flows of his craft, much like the skills musicians require to captivate listeners throughout their own LPs. And a final fun fact for you guys, LP is getting the LP award as he was born in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So that's the Cool Cats Corner LP award for LP from LP. Your Cool Cats Corner, player profile for the week, Lamar Patterson. Alright Cool Cats, so firstly, as we're recording this on Wednesday night, we have just finished playing against Melbourne United, in which we lost that matchup. So previously, you would have heard me talk about us being 16 and 8. 
we currently sit 16 and 9 and I won't be previewing that game as it's already occurred and it's fairly fairly fresh and it wasn't a fantastic game anyway so we won't be reviewing it either but what we will do is we're going to be previewing our big matchup this Saturday against the Sydney Kings so this top of the table clash is going to be awesome for a few reasons firstly we get to see how we match up against the Kings before we may meet them in the final series secondly it'll also be a good opportunity to try out some new combinations against the top of the table Kings and finally it's going to be a really good opportunity to push closer to these guys and try and win home court advantage for the playoffs. So for context, the Kings and Wildcats have matched up three times already this season. The Kings winning the first matchup, 104 to 85 in Sydney. The Cats then answering, winning by the same margin of 19 points back home, 96-77. And then most recently, the Cats went over there and stole a game in Sydney, 98 to 85, to help kick off a nice little run of form for us. So let's keep this bad boy rolling, and I'm going to give you those three precious keys to winning this matchup against Sydney. So firstly, this is relevant to all basketball games, but specifically this one, no easy buckets. So it may surprise you to know that Sydney shoot the second worst free throw percentage in the league at 72.5. So let's foul them and make sure they don't get off easy shots and put them to the free throw line. Sydney are a team that likes to talk and let you know about their dominance on the court. So if Bogut or Casper's dashing down the lane, it's going to be the responsibility of Majok Majok or Miles Plumley to ensure the interior presence is felt. And that may mean giving up some shots from the charity stripe. That's fine. You've got to lose the battle to win the war. So just trust me on this one. If you see us hacking them hard, it's to set a tone. Secondly, let's chase them off the three-point line. So the Kings shoot the most threes in the league at 32 a game, while Perth are up there as well at third with 29 a game. So in the previous two games, the Cats kept them to 30 in each game, but we ensured we got a hand in their face committing to the perimeter closeout. We need to continue to commit to this closeout as they have streaky shooters that can heat up and get going. If you don't believe me, you can just reference Didi Lozada in our first matchup against us where he dropped eight three-pointers, which was just huge. And look, he hasn't played that well since, but he has the ability to do so. But I know Gleason would have drilled this into our boys before they take the court on Saturday night. And finally, we need to win the rebound differential. So both teams rely on second chance points. So whichever team's bigs can box out and get the boards should get the W in this one. Our Wildcats have won the battle of the boards in the last two outings with the Kings, which as I previously mentioned resulted in Ws. Also to note that when Sydney won the boards against us this season, they got that one win. So let's make sure we box out, let's make sure we get second chance points, and let's make sure we hold Sydney accountable to their shooting. So let's touch on those three keys one more time. So they're no easy buckets, chase them off the three-point line, and win the rebound differential. If we go three from three in the keys of the game and are true to form, we'll win this one. But it's Bryce Cotton v. Casper Ware. It's Nick K v. Jashawn Tate. It's Miles Plumley against Andrew Bogut. It's happening at 5 p.m. Australian Western Standard Times, Saturday the 1st of February in the jungle. It's the battle of the NBL heavyweights, and it's coming to you this weekend. It's NBL 20. See incredible. Hear me. All right, I know. For this last segment, it's been a topic which has been on everyone's mind all season. People have had such a mixed reaction to this guy and his ability to play in this league that I'm going to touch on it now because he's all said and done in the NBL. But it's going to be my little take and my close and my finish on LaMelo Ball. So, the enigma that was LaMelo Ball has officially left the country, but the hype surrounding the NBL has still remained. Some argue that his presence in the league detracted from the sport itself but there is no denying the genius behind the marketing move. After holding my tongue all season, after refusing to be bogged down in the hype of LaMelo Ball, 
and distracting us all from a Wildcats title defense, I can finally say that the mellow ball has left the country and my NDA has expired. So without further ado, my thoughts on the middle ball child. Firstly, let's talk about his ball, the alleged reason he came down under. So the 18-year-old has had a major impact on the team, averaging 17 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, 6.8 assists in 31 minutes a game, dramatically improving his draft stock in the process, even though he did shoot on very streaky numbers. Early reports that he'll go in the top five in the NBA 2020 draft are only strengthened by these numbers in the second best league in the world. Whilst the Hawks went 3-9 and nine with LaMelo, the youth of the team is an indication that the playoffs were never really on the horizon, and building the brand became as important as the game itself. They were only 2-10 and 10 without him, so you can't argue that he was the difference between the playoffs and last place. But the idea that you get the Illawarra Hawks name outside of Australia could prove to be the brilliant move from Simon Stratford. I can now guarantee you that there are more people in the USA that can tell you where Illawarra is than can tell you where Palestine is. The move to get Ball here wasn't without challenges. Lamelo Ball was able to be here due to NBL Commissioner Jeremy Lowliger's innovative initiative to take advantage of the NCAA's strict recruiting rules for college athletes, which has resulted in the NBL receiving global attention. Not only that, but another indication of how big NBL has come and how big the Illawarra Hawks have become on the world stage is that the iconic Slam magazine logo is across their shirts. They also have series that have been documenting this team week in, week out. There's been the emergence of streaming site Twitch wanting to sign on with the NBL to watch LaMelo games, and the attendances this year have been smashed out of the water so far this season. Melo has been amazing for this league, and everyone responsible for getting him here deserves a major pat on the back. And if all these things isn't indication enough of his presence, the Southeast Melbourne, the newest franchise in the league with probably the least following, v the Illawarra Hawks game, who was a young team with not much prospects of winning, winning much this season, drew a massive crowd of 10,098 people, which was the biggest for a non-Melbourne United game in Melbourne since 2000. It was also the biggest crowd to ever watch the Illawarra Hawks play in Melbourne. This is no easy feat. This is a new franchise against one of the least popular franchises in the league, drawing 10,000 people, which was just crazy, crazy early signs of what Lamelo was capable of bringing through the doors this NBL season. Look, and I've been banging on about how great he's been. I do want to finish by saying I do feel sorry for the purists who love NBL basketball and who support the Illawarra Hawks. The NBL in general has sacrificed the Illawarra Hawks this season for a greater good of the league. Obviously, we want Illawarra to be competing in this league as they have been for a long time. However, we are now a viable spot for young, talented players to come and learn their craft. We have demonstrated our league's propensity to be able to foster young players' talents and help them shoot up the draft boards. Before coming to the NBL, Lamella was projected to be taken around pick 10 in the NBA draft. Now he's competing for the top spot, with some draft websites even ranking him number one. So, if you were to ask me, everyone, now that it's all said and done, this Lamella ball experience has been a huge success. And thank you for listening to the podcast.